Welcome back to the High Impact Physician Podcast. Today's episode, Sandy is talking with David McSwain. He is the CMIO at the Medical University of South Carolina. David started with a focus on mechanical ventilation. He moved on to focus on telehealth, specifically in critical care of rural patients. And since then, he's really become a leader in the telehealth space. Because of those experiences and the current environment of COVID-19, David has some highly relevant perspectives on the evolution of the CMIO role and why it's so much more than just the EHR, as well as the reasons why patient experiences vary so widely in telehealth and why COVID-19 is actually going to help with that. So let's get into the episode. I hope you enjoy it. Well, thank you for taking time out of your very busy life um, to be with us today. I'm just really excited to bring your voice forward to share with our listeners so maybe one way to get started is just to uh, take a big breath and um, tell us a bit about you, uh, a bit about you and maybe even how you got to where you are. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I am a pediatric intensivist. Um, I was med peds trained in residency uh, and came out of my pediatric critical care fellowship to Medical University of South Carolina here in Charleston. Um, and my initial focus really was on uh, mechanical ventilation and physiologic monitoring of cardiorespiratory status. So there was a technological component there, but not really deeply engaged with technology. When I got to MUSC, I developed an interest in telehealth and how that might be used to reach out to community rural emergency departments for children that come into those areas critically ill and injured. Uh, and we developed a program to provide 24-7 coverage of those uh, rural emergency departments in the low country of South Carolina uh, with uh, pediatric intensivist support. And that program uh, was very successful. Um, I was also very fortunate to have a number of um, similarly interested collaborators at MUSC and around the state of South Carolina uh, and even nationally um, to build on that program. Uh, we developed the Center for Telehealth here at MUSC, and that has been uh, remarkably successful. Um, I became engaged with the American Academy of Pediatrics in their telehealth efforts. I'm now the chair of the section on telehealth care for the AAP, and kind of organically through um, all of those efforts, uh, I found some collaborative partners who um, who shared the same passion for telehealth and the development of quality telehealth services for children. And we formed an organization called Sprout, which is supporting pediatric research on outcomes and utilization of telehealth. It's a national telehealth research organization. Um, and uh, in the course of all that, um, I guess I caught the attention of our chief information officer at the time who approached me about two years ago to recruit me to the position of chief medical information officer at MUSC. So I've been in that role for the past two years, really focusing more broadly on the application of healthcare technology in the clinical space um, and just really enjoying that. Amazing. And a shout out to you for um, just a lot of the work you've done, really pioneering work that we'll get into a little bit more um, with COVID and how that may be accelerating your work. But Big shout out. It's interesting to me to imagine how if we'd had this conversation two years ago, how words like integration and collaboration might 
have meant one thing back then. And yet it seems like it could mean something else now, right? But but let's go. It'd be that um, way if we had this conversation two months ago. <laughs> right, two months ago. There you go, for sure. Um, so talk to us a little bit about the evolution of the CMIO role. It, um, it was a new role at some point, and it's been mm-hmm. evolving. Just kind of bottom line to us how you would describe the evolution of that role right now. Yeah, you know, when my CIO approached me to recruit me into the role, I was actually pretty skeptical um, because traditionally uh, the CMIO has been someone who's focused almost ex- exclusively on the electronic health record and how to um, how to develop, deploy, um, and optimize an electronic health record to uh, work um, for physicians and and other clinicians and. Um, the majority of CMIOs uh, were kind of grandfathered into the position over the past decade um, because they originally served in the rollout oftentimes of the electronic health record um, as a physician super user. And they just uh, organically progressed into the role of chief medical information officer. I came at it from kind of a different angle and um, I was very honest with my CIO that I didn't have that kind of background. I had not been really heavily engaged in our development of the EHR, um, but I was very focused on um, the broader aspects of health information technology um, and how to apply those in the clinical realm. And you know, uh, what he said was, I'm not looking for an expert on the EHR. We've got those. I'm looking for someone who has a vision for how this should evolve, how health technology should evolve, and the ability to communicate that vision to others across the organization. Um, and that's the role that I see you playing. And I told him, you know, as I thought more about it, that I could envision myself in that role, but it, that it would not be in that traditional role of the of the CMIO with a singular focus on the EHR and uh, that it would be more broadly around overall digital health, digital transformation of the healthcare system and how to integrate different technologies into clinical care and into the patient experience and the provider experience. And I think you've seen that evolution actually happening more broadly with a lot of CMIOs um, as healthcare technology becomes more integrated um, and uh, more interdependent on uh, on different aspects of that technology. Boy, I'm struck by so many things that you said. One that stay on top of mind is literally how much courage that must take when someone is tapping you on the shoulder for a role. And you come back to say, hey, thanks, um, but that's not really what I'm up to. I love the way that you essentially co-created that role to look beyond the EMR and even to, excuse me, even to get the feedback of they weren't looking for a a technical expert, but rather someone um, who had vision and communication. I think that's a great tip for people considering a physician leadership role that it's not necessarily put together with a bow, but there might be a way to co-create that. Yeah. In a lot of cases, it's not what you know, it's how you relate to people. Yes. Yes. Okay. Say that once again. (laughs) In a lot of ways, it's not what you know, it's how you relate to people. Yes. 
I, uh, I'm smiling because of the number of physicians I've worked with who stepped into their first leadership role and somewhere in that first six months or year said, I must have missed the memo. I had no idea this was all about relationships and people. <laughs> I thought it was about <laughs> like conquering tasks and getting, getting stuff done fast, like getting things pushed through fast. So I love your focus on the people part. That's good. So one yeah. of the things I'm learning right now from you is that some CMIO roles didn't necessarily start out with a big vision around telehealth and telemedicine and digital, that some CMI roles started out focusing on the EMR. Um, so talk to us a little bit about, again, just one more question on the past. As you reflect on the CMIO's role in the past, what have been some of the blocks, whatever their roles and responsibilities were, what have been some of the blocks supporting them to move into this telehealth space? Yeah. So, you know, traditionally, um, because the CMIO was focused on uh, the electronic health record, um, the, the involvement, the engagement in telehealth is varied pretty widely uh, around the country because telehealth programs often evolve out of pilot projects or small groups of, of passionate people in a particular division or with a particular project in mind, and they grow that project and um, are able to expand on it. But interestingly, because um, what we've seen with telehealth over the years, especially early on, was that policies and, re and regulations and systems uh, that were in place for healthcare um, didn't really take into account uh, the possibility of telehealth. And so there were assumptions uh, that were made um, and just um, accepted that, for example, the patient was probably going to be in the same building as the doctor, right? And so right. the with that assumption in place, the policies and regulations and uh, the way the electronic health record is built, it works fine as long as it adheres to that assumption. But when that assumption no longer applies, suddenly um, the policies don't apply. The EHR doesn't really work for that uh, service as well. And so in a lot of cases, telehealth has grown up somewhat independently of the electronic health record. But what we're seeing now is um, by necessity, in large part because of the emergence of this pandemic, the, the true integration of telehealth into the practice of healthcare uh, requires integration into the EHR and integration of billing and documentation practices. And so CMIOs, if they weren't heavily engaged before, they have to be heavily engaged now because it's all converging together. And I've seen many examples, particularly over recent weeks, of CMIOs that have really taken strong leadership roles in um, the development of telehealth and in particular in the scaling of telehealth to accommodate this, um, this complete change in the way that we're delivering health healthcare across the entire system. Um, I think one of the other keys, one of the other major barriers um, over uh, the past many years has been around the lack of research. And often what you heard in recent years uh, in regards to why telehealth wasn't gaining the kind of adoption uh, that people were expecting is, you know, they just need to try it. When they try it, they'll love it. And because the benefits are so obvious, 
but you know, physicians and nurses and pharmacists and healthcare professionals all across the board have always been raised on this concept of evidence-based medicine. You know, they have to see the evidence that the benefit the benefit of a change in practice outweighs the risks. There's an equilibrium there that it's been shifting, but shifting very slowly. Um, and the the COVID pandemic. It hasn't changed the underlying equation, but it's dramatically shifted that equilibrium because suddenly the pro-con calculation is heavily in favor of adopting telehealth because of the risks of providing in-person care. So now the key is when this pandemic has passed, you know, we're no longer struggling with the issue of how do we get providers to adopt telehealth because everyone is adopting telehealth. Um, The issue is now when this pandemic has passed, how has the equation changed? And in order to change that equation, we have to focus on the aspect, on what aspects of this transformed system of healthcare uh, have genuinely benefited our patients and our providers outside of the context of coronavirus, because coronavirus is not always going to be the driving force, the driving force of our healthcare system. Um, so how do we identify those services and approaches that we need to continue forward after this has passed? And to do that, we're going to need data. And we need to um, have the research and evaluation of these services to determine which ones are genuinely impacting our patients in a positive way and should continue forward after the pandemic has passed. Okay, I'm going to take a big old risk here. And here's what I think I just heard. I think what I just heard is that telehealth has grown up separately from the EHR. And the visual I got is it's almost like bringing together a blended family. And so there's this new equilibrium in this blended family. There's now the shared agenda, right? Rather than competing agendas. I'm I'm just Mm -hmm. so thinking of the blended family metaphor. And this shared agenda is really about research, evidence-based medicine, and how to provide high-quality care to the patients during this COVID pandemic? I think that's a great way of stating it. And actually, I'm a very metaphorical thinker. And so uh, that fits perfectly. I'm, I may have to steal that from you. Yeah. Oh, I think we're creating this together. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So um, I want to move now a bit into your personal journey. You're um, highly creative. Um, you've really achieved some incredible outcomes and really doing your work in some new ways Talk to us a little bit about um, what part of the CMIO role has most energized you? Well, really, it's been the opportunity to build meaningful collaborations, uh, meaningful collaborations within my organization, um, outside of my organization. The, the mantra that, that I've always I've lived by and kind of learned it from my wife, honestly, um, or certainly reinforced from my wife. Uh, was, you know, do the right thing for the right reasons at the right time. And when you, uh, when you have that focus, if you find others that are, that are trying to do the right thing for the right reasons, they have that, that passion to do that. And they have a similar focus to what you're doing. Then you figure out a way to work with those people. It doesn't matter if they're in your organizational structure, if you report to them or they report to you, if they're even in your institution, you build on those collaborations because those types of uh, those types of partnerships that are based on 
a shared passion for what you're trying to do are the ones that can lead to great things. That's how the Sprout Collaborative arose. That's how a lot of the really meaningful efforts that we've developed over the last decade have really gained traction. And that's been the part of this role that I've really enjoyed is uh, bringing that focus on collaboration to my role as CMIO. That's awesome. So I'm imagining when things are going well, collaboration um, is really powerful, it's energizing, et cetera. I'm also assuming that until recently, there were a number of physicians that may have been resisting technology, maybe feeling that technology was sort of blocking that provider-patient relationship. So tell us a story about how your work has specifically impacted a provider in a way that might have surprised them. Well, most of my stories come from my experience with the Pediatric Critical Care Telemedicine Program. Mm -hmm. Um, And because it's such an intense situation, when we do those consults, they can be pretty, uh, pretty intense stories. Go ahead and check out part two of Sandy and David's conversation, where David tells a story about how telehealth actually saved a little girl's life. They're talking about how AI, artificial intelligence, is going to improve the physician-patient relationship. They're talking about how to track for the CMIO role, if that's something you're interested in. And actually, from the patient perspective, how to use technology, how to manage your data as a patient. So check out part number two. Hope you have a great rest of your day.